to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every episode, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world. From brewers, importers, educators, this will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So that is our typical order of operations. That's our typical show. Um, but for those of you who have been longtime listeners of the show, we have a little tradition around Thanksgiving where we do a very Friendsgiving where I invite some of my friends that I have met over the years through beer to come on the show and basically be goofy and mildly talk about some beer, but mostly just have fun. So rejoining the show for multiple times, uh, we have Grant Vaught, we have Sam Nellis, we have Carl Crofts, all in beverage in some capacity, whether it is selling, creating, or consumption. So, <laughs> welcome. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, listeners, we just to give you a little background, we all met working at Birch and Barley Church Key in D.C., and now everyone has gone off in varying different directions. Um, but you guys want to give a little quick snapshot about what you guys do or what you guys are about? Carl, you want to start? Sure. Um yeah, so I uh, got to meet these folks, as SJ said, through through Birch and Barley Church Key, and uh, I now live in Scotland and work more on the whiskey side of things. So I work for Arden American Distillery and Adelphi Selection. So that's that's me. Nice. How about you, Sam? Uh, I am still in D.C. I have been to Scotland, but I didn't move there. Um, and I currently uh, am a senior bartender at Silver Lion, which is part of the International Lion Group of Cocktail Bars. And Grant, how about you? I was going to make a pun that Sam may be lying, but I really believe he's doing it. Um, that said, uh, I left the restaurant industry in 2018, um, thankfully on my own terms and not by the pandemic. Uh, and now I'm working in the exciting field of communications related to regulatory environments which isn't exciting but i try and do my best to stay up with beer by drinking it It, it's not exciting but it is very dc (laughs) very very dc yeah that does fulfill your home yeah that's that's true a a lot of words seemingly jumbled together Um, but yeah clearly i'm just gonna have grant my next um resume so that he can make um walking drinks to a table sound really cool <laughs> i can do that i can do that transported <laughs> liquid um beverages across uh within state lines and it could just be like cash. yeah uh coordinated uh spirits distribution locally <laughs> <laughs> Like very locally, like in a room. <laughs> Hyper locally. Hyper local. Right. Provided, provided a hand curated sensory experience uh, walking through the history of beverages across the world. Nailed it. Nailed, it. Nailed that it. one. There it is. <laughs> genuinely revolting. <laughs> hey i've read some resumes that that read like that and i just can't fault them especially if they're from dc like they've clearly had their like more professional friends you know put their resumes together <laughs> i hate writing my resume because i feel so silly whenever i'm doing it like trying to describe my job like i love my job i love mm-hmm. being a bartender i love creating experiences for people but if i have to write created experiences for people i'm like <laughs> can i curse yeah, of course. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's pretty reflective of the truth, so, you know. <laughs> right to it. Eight minutes right in. To it. Eight minutes in, shots fired. <laughs> We're just missing Brett, well, like, really, you know. Or uh, hypothetical, shots fired. So whenever we do this show, we always structure it as, um, you know, what beer or beverage are you bringing to the table and why? 
Um, and then it, you know, usually goes off the rails from there. Um, so <laughs> as we, as this show airs, Thanksgiving will have just happened. So what do you bring into Thanksgiving? Sam, let's start with you, actually. I'll mix it up. So I think that a great thing to bring to Thanksgiving is the beer that you have been, you know, it's just been around. You're aging it. You're kind of saving it. But you just, like, haven't quite found the right opportunity to open it. And you never think to open it when you have a couple of people over. But now you're going to an event and you're like, great, here's here's the chance to finally get rid of that bottle um, that you also like, you want to enjoy. You just don't want to enjoy it by yourself. And to do that, I'm going to now enjoy it by myself. Um, so I brought uh, Ocelot's My Only Friend, uh, which is a barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout. Um, this one was bottled in 2016, which makes it a seven-year-old bottle. The new, well, I looked them up, Ocelot's a local brewery to D.C. out of uh, Loudoun County. Not uh, hyper-local, hyper though. Not hyper-local. Hyper oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, and I looked it up to see, like, what are they doing these days? Because I kind of remember them as being, like, much more, like, IPA-forward when they first came out. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't, like, really think of them as being a uh, big stout place. And they, mm -hmm. they only make the one. Uh, just this one. Um, they apparently have reformulated it recently. Um, so now it is 12.5% compared to this 10.5%. And they now age it in Widow Jane barrels. But there's no uh, there's nothing on here that tells me what they age this one in other than it is bourbon barrels for eight months. Oh, okay. But I think there's a good beer to share with your family and your friends. It's like something, you know... <laughs> Everyone's just going to get a little bit of it, right? It's only a seven fifty. You're having a a party of, you know, twenty people, and you have ten people that even want to try it. Everyone's only going to get, you know, a couple of ounces. So, yeah. a big bourbon barrel aged stout is great for everyone to just have a few ounces of. There's no reason to drink much more of that unless you're trying to get, you know, real turned up on something real heavy. Or the Beatus. To yeah, to consume that much would be <clears throat> would be pretty aggressive. And you're like, you are currently cracking this open right now for yourself. Are not supposed to? No, you're fine. That's fine too. I mean, I'm not gonna. I I, I don't I don't have anything. I thought those were the rules. I'm genuinely um, thrilled that that's how you perceived it because I'm yeah. ex I'm excited about you at two p.m. just launching into a. a I'm also sick. <laughs> Do you I work today? Do you know why you're sick? It's because you uh, don't do this every day. Yeah. This cap is falling apart, too. Oh, there we go. Got it. Cool. So let's so get into it. It's a wax-sealed bottle. Mm -hmm. So you really had to carve into that for sure. Yeah, which also means that there's going to be a little bit less like positive oxidation because oxygen is going to have trouble getting past that wax and uh crown cap um but carbonation wise it has completely fallen off over the <laughs> <laughs> i mean was this a beer that was office aged um it it has not been aged at 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 top uh quality um it's just been <laughs> in my like literally in the back of like my hutch that I have so. so being kept at a at a constant temperature of somewhere between 70 and 74 degrees uh mm. Fahrenheit for the last seven years. I honestly don't even remember where I got it from. I think I got it given to me as a gift. Um but it's nice. I'm drinking it. Yeah. You know that I'm drinking it out of an official Snallygaster uh tasting glass. Mm. Um so so it's I'm really getting at the 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 perfect glassware for tasting just a couple of ounces um, <laughs> that you can also buy in bulk with your own label on it. The perfect glassware. <laughs> but it's nice. This is the sort of thing that if you open it up for everybody, 
everyone would go, oh, man, I really like this. And your uncle would be it would then go, have you ever had a Guinness in in Dublin in the Sky Lounge? And you'd say, no, I haven't. <laughs> and, you know, I hear it tastes better there. And and he'd say, oh, yeah, I had it really. It's really different there. It's really different there. And you'd say, oh, OK, great. Um, and then somebody else that like actually knows beer a little bit better would be like, this is good, but I think it was better last year. Um, (laughs) and then you'd have one aunt that would say, I only drink white wine with a, with three cubes in it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. So for the listeners out there, we're getting a really good image of Vanellis Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this year I'm just going to dinner at La Bisque's. So. <laughs> My family's in St. Martin because they're fancy bitches. What? Why aren't mm-hmm. you going to St. Martin? Because uh, I just went to Miami and London and I'm not as much of a fancy bitch as the rest of them. <laughs> That's very fair. Yeah. And you went all the way to London and you didn't bother to go try Guinness? In the, in in the Sky Park. Lounge in Dublin? The Sky I Lounge in Dublin. I, or even visit an old pal, you know, a train ride away. Oh, spicy. It's a pretty far train ride. It is a long train ride, yeah. <laughs> Two and a half hours. <laughs> you can also train to, like, Brussels. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You were invited, Carl, so. I was, yeah, no, I, I was. Carl chose to... a different friend over me. I was and also not traveling, so. <laughs> was he taller? Yeah. Was your friend taller than me? Probably slightly. Yeah. Yeah. But he did commit to the weekend before you informed me of your London. Totally okay. I forgive you. Well, I miss you. Miss you too. Anyway. (laughs) Carl, what would you bring to Thanksgiving? What would I bring to Thanksgiving? Um, You know, you would think that I would prepare for the question since since you pose it um, regularly right about this time once a year. And yet. I hadn't I hadn't done so. Um, I mean there I was mean, a year where Sam brought truly, so like you can very much bring whiskey and just tell people about your whiskey. We'll we'll get into my whiskey. I mean, I, f- I feel like I, I will I will <laughs> have the the hypothetical. I, I like the idea of Thanksgiving as sort of a multi a multi beverage affair, right? Like I like mm-hmm. I like sparkling wine with with the actual dinner. I like I do I agree with Sam. I think it is a really good occasion if you have a bottle or two of something you haven't you know quite found the desire to crack but you're looking forward to it but i think it's nice to mix that with the uh the classic seasonal beers that you have a few of i mean obviously we talk about celebration every year i i I might go without sierra nevada celebration this year for probably the first time in a very long time is it not available to you i haven't seen it yet i haven't seen it yet but that's yeah so that's the twist to my answer i mean i think it's going to be a pretty low key Thanksgiving for, for yours truly. I think I'm just going to probably um, probably have a pint or two at the pub. There's a so I guess what I'll say there's a, a lovely Scottish brewery called Fine, Fine Ales, um, yeah. and they they tend to have uh, Yarl is is pretty accessible in the city of Edinburgh. Sorry, sorry, Grant. Those that Grant, are just listening, just... Grant is like dying. Yeah, Grant, Grant just got a, that was an outrageous eye roll that I just received. You're just like, oh, yeah, I get to have Jarl on my fine and cast all the time. That's great. Cool. No, I you. You're really hurting for getting your access to delicious beers, are you? Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll hear all about it when it's your turn. But yeah, <laughs> probably probably something tasty on cask, where there's some some good Edinburgh breweries around as well. Um, so yeah, it'll be a little bit different, but it'll still be good. And we've done episode episodes on cask ales, but like there is really nothing. I mean, having cask properly is, is poetic. Yeah. When I was in London, I had a bunch of friends with me who mm-hmm. are not your people and i kept oh. ordering cask and they kept being like this is fucking rancid <laughs> they're like why do you like this and i was like you're an idiot you don't know anything you don't know anything <laughs> this is how beer is supposed to be tradition tradition when i so the first time i got to go to the uk was in last year in 2022 and i had just found out i was pregnant 
And I remember going to more beer, like right at right in London, and getting up to the counter and just being like, can I please have a half pour of, uh, or just a taste of the cask? And the guy was like, we can just do like a full pour. Like, it's totally fine. And I was like, no, I just found out I'm pregnant. I can't have a full thing. And I got really upset because I was like, here I am ready to try all the beers that I've been dreaming of. And I can't. Well, it's not, it's not worth it. You didn't miss out on anything else, Trey. It's, you're totally fine. No, I took like one sip and cried. So yeah, I was. <laughs> it might have been the pregnancy hormones, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Carl, you're going to have Yarl. Do you mostly love that beer because it rhymes with your name? Yes. Hard-hitting question. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the bulk of it. That's actually how, how I um, entered the exchange with the bartender. I say okay. hi. My name's Carl. Could I have a Yarl? And that's that's every time. That's how I do it. I never, no. I never, I never refrain from introducing myself. Yeah. No, I do it again. I find a new bartender. Okay, great. Yeah. So it's not super awkward. It's yeah. Fairly moderately awkward. Do you do you really do that? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I was like I feel like it's hard enough being American. Like, do you want to make it weirder? I don't know. No, they yeah, appreciate commitment to the bit. Lean right into it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> no, I don't I don't do that. I just ask for a girl. I feel like the, the, the talk behind the bar would be like, hey, what's that tall American guy that drinks Yarl? What's his name again? <laughs> Roger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Roger. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> do most people like, you know drink i mean are people actually still consuming cask on a very regular basis in your area or is it more like has the crowd yeah, shifted so. a little bit and been like i just want aperol spritz and espresso martinis oh i mean there's definitely there's it's just like the belgians and palm right or upiler or like the, it's just like any traditional beer culture where most of them drink piss right They're, most most people are drinking bad alcohol but I will say that there there is a, a, a definite um like cash beer I think sells pretty well, especially if you're at a pub that has it. Um I think it does pretty well over here still. So it had like every pub I went to had like five dedicated real ale lines. Um yeah, but so you it have can't, good... it can't sell that poorly if they're you right. know they're dedicating enough of their their you know precious real estate to it. You're also probably not going to like the average cross section of the on trade though. Like you're probably going to pretty good pubs, shall we say? Me? Yeah. No, I, I went mean, to garbage. No, we just went to like ones that were near where we were going. Oh, okay. And they still had a that's bunch of, not a at bunch all. Of no, I went to high end cocktail bars, but um, right. But um, because again, fancy bitch, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not uh, not Saint Martin fancy. But like, not Saint Martin. Fancy. No, not Saint Martin fancy. Right. I, my little sister just posted a. a I mean, the, the the lives that these kids are living. She just posted a video where they're like uh, flambéing a, a langoustine tail that's like two feet long, and I was just like, "Fuck you, Tessa." <laughs> I want this on the record, <laughs> on the podcast forever. <laughs> Fuck you, Tessa Nellis. <laughs> Wait, yeah. do, do is she a minor, Sam? Just turned twenty-one. We took her to okay, Miami. Great, okay, okay, great, 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 great. I was going to say, incredible... I was like, I was like, you can curse, but I don't think you can like curse I'm, a minor. I'm an incredible, incredible <laughs> older brother. I took her to Miami for the weekend for her twenty-first birthday. Okay, but also now I can't go to St. Martin's. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. Where you probably had delicious spritzes and. Espresso martinis. Not, I would yeah, never I mean, want to besmirch either of those beverages, as I, as I might have alluded would, to earlier. I would besmirch both of those beverages. Oh, come on. No, not because they're popular. First of all, I, I just don't enjoy them. I think an Aperol spritz is the wrong liqueur to use for the spritz. Okay. Uh, and uh, espresso martinis, I just don't love espresso enough to love an espresso martini. Gotcha. I was going to say, I was like, this is the man who put a pumpkin spice espresso martini on his menu. Once. And it was a banger. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is the right liqueur for spritz? Yeah, that's where I was going to. Um, I just don't like, I just think that Aperol, to me, just reads as like generally sweet. 
um, it's always like a mind blown moment for me when someone's like, this is too bitter. Uh, I love a Capaletti spritz. I love a select spritz. Um, there's a distillery here in town, um, Don Ciccio that makes Ambrosia. That makes a fantastic spritz as well. There's just other things out there that I prefer. Um, so, you know, I just, I like, I don't love an Aperol spritz, but it has made me an enormous amount of money over the years. That's very fair. I've so sold like so many. So like I <clears throat> I don't love spritzes because I don't like the addition of like sparkling wine to spirits. Mm -hmm. That's just a personal preference. Um, so I always go for Campari soda. But Great. Americano. Yeah, I love that. Add a little a little sweet vermouth in there. Yeah. The problem is, is sometimes I have run into the situation with like, and I hadn't read the room where I ordered an Americano and they actually brought me like a coffee, coffee. Americano. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I'd say, no, oh shit. <laughs> and no, then I end up with uh, an Americano and a cocktail Americano and then I'm in a weird spot, like digestively. Alyssa <clears throat> will order a martini in literally any place that has like a bottle of gin she'd be like i'll have a martini and the number of times that she's had to explain what a martini is and the like the craft bartender in me is just like fucking knife in the heart i'm just like please please just get gin on the rocks it'll make you just as happy That's what is her like what is her uh martini preference uh bombay sapphire up with a twist but like super classic normal amount of removes well, she doesn't uh, know or care. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's totally fair. She can probably hear me upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> God, she's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll keep a we'll keep an eye out for your like big eyes or something. You know. I think if you asked her, she would say, "I don't like too much vermouth," but like okay. she has also enjoyed martinis with a lot of vermouth in them. So it's it's not the sort of thing. I think it often comes down to realistically technique and quality of product more than it comes down to ratio. Yeah. That's very fair. Which is actually how I also just generally feel about making cocktails. Yeah. If For I'm having a if I'm actually craving a martini, I'm I'm always like bit, like dirty. Like just give me a pickleback martini. <laughs> I do like I do like a dirty vodka martini. So what do you think about uh, martinis that people consider not because of their substance, but because of the serving vessel they come in? So whatever you throw in that upside down triangle glass becomes a martini. Yeah. Um, the glass. Right there, really, the Midwest. I, I have people that get our martini and a Nick and Nora at work and they're like, why is it in such a small glass? And I have to explain how volume works. <laughs> I'm like, you know I, that at the bottom of your V-shaped glass, there's almost no liquid. <laughs> almost none. What's the thing that you're seeing more and more now where it's like a little sidecar? The martini little sidecar, with, uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. a little extra. And a little, little ice. Mini, mini carafe situation. <laughs> they do that yeah. at uh, Maison Premier in New York. Um, mm -hmm. Super, super cool. They like uh, the martini glass is pretty small because part of the problem is that like your martini gets warm over the time you're drinking it if you get the full thing. So they actually just serve it in a smaller glass. Then they put your little sidecar in a cup of ice. And on top of the ice, they put all of the various garnishes you might want. So you get to sort of pick and choose and you can switch up mid cocktail when mm. you put the rest of your cocktail in. It's pretty smart and super cute. Yeah, I think it's very cute. Very, very cute. So you more on martinis on Beer Me Radio. More on martinis. <laughs> let's 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 move over to uh to Grant. What do you what do you bring into Thanksgiving? Man, I'm martinis, gonna... and then we ruined yours. Ruined your plan. <laughs> to these other two. Okay. And I don't know if I'm the problem with if I'm part of the problem with beer today, but I think I am. That I'm just tired of talking about beer and explaining beer and stuff. So if I'm coming to your holiday, your Thanksgiving, I'm probably just going to bring something that's nice, easy drinking, like Miller High Life, and just nice. put it in the fridge 
and drink it and not have to give a 10 minute sensory experience of what we're about to indulge in on this fine gathering. <clears throat> Instead, I can just sit in the corner and drink my Miller High Life and look at my phone and not have to deal with people. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm the problem, but I'm just going to bring like High Life. You've really, you've really gotten the Thanksgiving spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a big Bob Humbug. When you say, <laughs> am I the problem with craft beer, do you mean that, like, you're you're jaded now or do you mean that like you're the one that's made it jump the shark and now you're jaded <laughs> no no it's me specifically okay um that made uh, uh craft beer jump the shark but it's just i don't know there's too much and it's just like too much to talk about too much to digest it's just too much um and i'm like i don't know man i just want to have a beer and i want to think about this and not have to have a complex understanding of geography of where these hops are growing this type of yeast it's all great to know but at this point i just want to have a beer and not think about it is it good tastes good when it hits my lips do you do you think that like one of the problems with the craft beer movement that we were all like really intimately involved in was that like our sort of expectation of ourselves and all of our customers was that they become like Cicerone level understanding of craft beer. And that we kind of got away from the idea that like, it's supposed to be a communal joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, yeah, cause yeah, at this point, like for me, it's, you know, if I'm going to go to a thing with like the three of you, Sure, fine. Well, here's a nice bottle that I've had in this cellar. But, like, I just, people expecting that, you know, that explanation and everything. And I'm saying, I just, I just want to have this. Like, yeah. if I open it for you guys, you'd be like, cool, this is awesome. But if, like, I opened it for like my cousin, that's it. They want a whole long explanation of what they're about to indulge in. And I just, Maybe I'm just burnt out on indulging people and in what they're about to experience. And Hopefully, just don't you do that for high life. Though. Like I, I assume that you do proper tasting notes every time you have a high life. <laughs> yeah, I mean it tastes good when it hits your lips, right. and it's done. always the same. It's yeah. so good, consistent it's as hell. Yeah. And did I you thought... guys see the the little cocktail that people are making with it? The spaghetti. Yeah. yeah yes. So basically the spaghetti, spaghetti is kind of a bastardization on the word spaghetti, right? So this drink is a bastardization on the Aperol spritz, speaking of which. So basically what you do is you take a Miller High Life and you add a little Aperol. It is good. I personally prefer adding a little Campari to Heineken, but because I always have, I always have Tinykins in my fridge, the seven ounce guys. Um, because I, I find them very charming. Put a little Campari in there, a little spaghetti. They have their take on that at last call. It's the Aperol Schlitz. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. It's pretty tasty, too. I, I didn't realize the same So, you could, if if somebody is like, oh no, I don't, I don't really drink beer, you could be like, give me a minute, you know, go to the kitchen, put it in a wine glass, a little. Uh, Aperol and a little High Life and be none the wiser. There it is. That's true. You know, I just spent the weekend in in Holland and heard from a staggering number of people that were just absolutely ripping on Heineken. Like, really? No holds barred. Hating it. And then, and we, you know, apparently our importer was, we had a cooler of this local lager but like it's like the yeah like maybe the schlitz or the rainier in seattle or you know it's like the sort of cult regional lager called hertel Jan. and every time i had a sit at my booth like some dutch person would spy me from 30 feet away and be like you're doing it right and i was like whoa okay there's a bit of a bit of domestic hate for for the heineken wasn't expecting it Oh, see, I was waiting for you to tee that up and be like, and it tasted exactly like Heineken. 
I can't, I wouldn't, I haven't had a Heineken in, no, that's not true. I didn't, I wasn't thinking about the differences. I still like Heineken. And honestly, the Heineken uh, 0.0, <clears throat> a lovely thing that my dad, my dad's always like, go get me, give me one of those special beers I've got back there. And I'm like, it's just a zero ABV beer guy. Like, and he's like, no, no, no. Trust me, it's good. And I'm like, I know what it tastes like. It's like. He's always like telling it to me like he's got some like secret. He's like, no, no, no. Go get me, go get me one of those special beers. <laughs> have you guys have you guys had the zero zero point zero Guinness? Yeah. No. Pretty good. It's better. It's better in the Sky Lounge, though. It's better in the Sky Lounge in Dublin. Yeah. In Dublin. <laughs> but only in Dublin. It falls off by the time it gets to London. Right. No, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you would never want to have it in uh, Belfast. It's just like, it's, not it's just not the same. Shadow of its former self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I actually did just have a coworker come back from Dublin and he was like, and he's not a beer person, but he was like, he's like, it is different. It is better. And I was like, yeah, I know, I'm sure. <laughs> but the sky, the sky lounge bit is the part that really like, I feel like I'm, I'm supportive of the idea of you enjoying the romance of drinking Guinness in Dublin. Right. But, Surely you should you should want to do that in like a proper old boozer, like a, an old school Irish pub is your proper Guinness environment, not some forty million dollar tower. Like no, no, and uh, I think I think he did. He 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 was like he's like we went out to like a like a grungy pub where we could yeah, like okay. order order. They had like pizza delivered at night and like <laughs> yeah, like know. that. Yeah, but it's like. It's like smoking a cigarette at a Paris cafe. You know, it just tastes better. I wish people would talk about Kolsch the way they talk about Guinness when it comes to it tastes different over there. That okay. should really be a thing. I'll agree with that. Because different. it does. <laughs> it tastes it tastes better in Cologne, Germany. Yeah, when they're bringing it right out of the cellar on a gravity pour. <clears throat> when they do the little, the little tick mark on your coaster. Mm-hmm. But you're, if you're, but, if you're, you know, go ahead. Well, it's just like the availability of Kolsch here is pretty different than the availability of Guinness here. Well, maybe do you specifically buy Kolsch like, bread? But I mean, like specifically, like, local Kolsch is not good Kolsch, right? Mostly oh, hyper local is hyper local is. Right. Um, you know, Schlafly, you get close because you've got the gaffle yeast, mm -hmm. but like. Most of the coal that's coming over has had to sit on a ship for a really long time. Right. Of course, it's better over there. Yeah. And there's also something to the presentation. Like, they've got those, you know, the sponge, you know, the straight cups and the little carrier thing. That they yeah. Over. It's true. That's the dream. I haven't Gosh, enjoyed that myself. Personally. No, neither have I. I've dreamed of it. <laughs> We're talking about decent American coaches. Notch mm -hmm. Brewing in uh, in Salem, Massachusetts makes a very very good Kolsch. Yeah, but, but I mean, what's their distribution like? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I just right. figure you know we're on a beer podcast. I figured I'd just throw that one out there. That people go. <laughs> yeah, I heard it really falls off once you get outside the greater Boston area. It does. It does. It tastes different. Yeah. Yeah. But Grant, do you have a favorite like U.S. Kolsch or no? Uh, no, just because it's been reliably easy to get Scion Kolsch around my blocks of A Street. So I haven't really had to. I've got some Quayside Kolsch on the fridge. Nice enough. That, um, who is that? That's a, uh... I'm not going to remember the brewery name. Who makes Rising... that? Is that Rising Tide? One of those ones in Northern Virginia. Yes. In Alexandria, near my home. Is there a rising tide Alexandria. brewing in Alexandria? What? Is there a rising tide brewing in Alexandria? Yeah. Is it different from the one in Portland, Maine that's been going for like... Wait, not rising tide. Years. Maybe I mixed up the words. Uh, this is embarrassing because I really like this. Um, we'll just edit this part out. <laughs> no, this is fine. I like to record this show like it's live. Um, well, plus, it lets people know that you're just human like the rest of us. I'm. 
I am always human. I've done like multiple episodes with this. Oh, I'm not going to go down this road. Anyways, I'm sorry. High tide? No, it's not high tide. Um, <clears throat> talk, amongst, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> uh, Quayside Colches from Fairwinds. Fairwinds, Jesus. I could, see the, I could see the label in my head. I just couldn't think yeah. of the name. Yeah, God. Like I, I said, I've done like all. multiple episodes. My deepest, deepest. I think apologies. we did their launch at a, or their DC launch at a Church Key ten yeah, years we did. ago. <laughs> really? Their DC launch at Church Key. What'd you say? Then who hasn't done their DC launch at Church Key? Fair enough. Even yeah. if it was only available in DC for like two weeks. Yeah, technically, all of us have done our. Our DC launch. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate. <laughs> this is the name. This is now the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> Hear me, radio. DC launch. <laughs> DC launch at Church Key. Um, speaking of which, uh, we just did an episode. Like we live recorded at Snallygaster, which was really, really cool. But Grant, because of you, I always, always go and check out Scratch Brewing from Illinois. Those are my homies. Although yeah. I've never been there. I just call them my I'm, homies because they're in Illinois. I'm desperate to go see it. This is a this is a brew that does all this like forged ingredients. They're basically wood nymphs, um, <laughs> these producers. And they're, I mean, just the pictures alone, it looks magical. How far away is it from Civilization Grant? This is uh, Ava, Illinois? Yeah, it's in Ava, Ava, Illinois. Uh, I think Ava's probably, probably 25, 30 minutes outside of Murfreesboro, Carbondale area. So, like, you know, there's a major university there. Well, a, a decent-sized university. I was, <laughs> I was about to say, so what about Civilization Grant? This is one of the uh, outposts of civilization in Southern Illinois. Understood. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> the, the, the new frontier of civilization in Southern Illinois. It's in there. I, I went to school in Ithaca, New York, which is a town of, you know, not including the colleges, maybe 20 or 30,000 um, and nothing around it. No offense to all the wineries and the small towns around it, but like if we're being honest. I yeah, hear it's I gorgeous up there. It is. It's oh, quite lovely, very, but nobody can very, spell. Very good. Very good indeed. Sarah Jane also got to meet, uh, since this is a Friendsgiving uh, episode, uh, mm -hmm. Sarah Jane got to meet Max Shelton for the very first time at, uh, and I'm sure Zach's been on the show, right? Zach's been on the show before, but oh. I approached this man with so much rage. And I joked, oh, and I didn't realize she'd never met Max before. So I was standing there and I was like, oh, hey, look, it's Zach. <laughs> well, so it, listeners, just so you know, Zach and Max both, well, I never got to work with Max, but they're twins. And they both, Wait, you know, went, went through, what's up? There's two of them? There's two of them. <laughs> this, is, this isn't like a Mary-Kate and Ashley. This is a real twin. There's actually two of them. And, um... Zach Shelton is in New Orleans and he is the one that I know and that I'm friends with who has been on the show and I had said he was originally going to come up for Soundgaster and so we've been texting back and forth and finally he's like oh I can't make it up and I'm like oh that's, to that's totally cool I understand I'll catch you next time and then I see Sam walking around with who I thought was Zach Shelton and I was gonna I approached this man I was like you're here I'm so angry. <laughs> this poor guy who I've never met before just looks at me horrified. Which, to be to be fair though, it it fits for for Max's saga of the last few years as well. Like the man, the man was in Russia and, and no longer is. So there's there's that. Like you're here is a, re a reasonable response to seeing Max fair as enough. well. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm it was like rage. I'm, I'm rather happy to find out here that Max is in DC. Yeah, Max is back in DC now. Uh, breaking so, news. So for listeners, Max was in Russia and <laughs> got married, has a uh, stepdaughter. Uh, so both of his wife and his stepdaughter have Russian citizenship. And the day the Russia invaded Ukraine, they got the fuck out. 
Uh, so they've been in Montenegro for the last couple of years trying to sort out visas because of the Russian nationality. And so now Max is back in D.C. with his wife and his daughter uh, very happily. So and uh, one of the first things that happened to him was that a stranger who looked a lot like Sarah Jane yelled at him. <laughs> and for our listeners at home, Max always enjoys being called Zach and Zach always yeah, they, enjoys being called Max. They really like it when you <laughs> go out of your way to make sure you do that. Because yeah, it's incredibly I, rude to a stranger. Like identical twins everywhere. They really like it when you pretend they're the other one. Well, she wasn't pretending. Fair enough. That's true. Yeah, that was that was real. It was me raging at this poor man and Sam just laughing the whole time. <laughs> Not stepping in at all. It lasted maybe four seconds in my defense. <laughs> the moment I realized you had never actually met Max, I did step in. Oh, you thought I was doing a bit. For a moment, yeah. Yeah, for a second. I thought we were all in on it. It's <clears throat> amazing. Uh, well, all right, real quick, what beer am I bringing to Thanksgiving? Um, so I think I think about this a lot, right? Because I'm like, all right, so something that is really easy to pair with like turkey and most other things is saison. Another thing we've talked about is doppelbach, of course, on ducks. I think Carl brought that for like two years in a row. Um <laughs> And then, you know, I actually, I love enjoying a Guinness throughout the day because it's super low ABV and, you know, kind of goes with everything too. Even though it's not the same as it is in Dublin, it's still delicious. Um, but <clears throat> I think this year I am going to bring Hardywood Gingerbread Stout. Nice. Um this is a milk stout um, that is brewed with ginger and wildflower honey local to Richmond. Um, and this is a brewery out of Richmond. Um, I am always, I've always been a person like keep Christmas Christmas, right? Like nothing goes up until December 1st. Like I'm not messing with that. I have fully changed my narrative on that because now I have a baby and he is like, now he's one and he's walking and he's so excited. He's excited about everything. He's excited about lights. He's excited about mulch. So like, I'm just pumped to like get shit up and like have him be like super jazzed and watch him, his little tiny mind just like, so I'm ready to invite Christmas early. Hence, Hardywood Gingerbread Stout is kicking off my desserts this year. That's strong. That's strong. So let me let me ask you this question: If you're bringing gingerbread stout, should you feel obligated to bring the whole box, the whole collection, or just GBS and do like the whole collection throughout the day? <laughs> no, there, Jane. I don't have I don't have the whole collection. I have a four pack that I bought at Wegmans. So like. <laughs> Gingerbread, this... ca- gingerbread stout is now in cans that you could buy at Wegmans. You don't have that to wait for, real? Line for it. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. What's I have can? a four pack, sixteen ounce. Nice. Or tw- yeah. No. Yeah. They're not the really tall ones. Tall boys. No, they're not tall. They're like twelve ounce. It's a normal. It's just like a no. It's sixteen ounce. I don't know. Like a tall boy. Yeah. So not the, not the imperial size, right? They're sixteen ounces. Yeah. Yeah. Do they actually do four packs of something larger than 16 ounces? No. You sound so UK right now. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do they actually? Do they actually? Um, Four pack. (laughs) Carl still knows what 16 ounces is, so that's that's a win. That's right. (laughs) Like 473 milliliters or something like that? Oh. I'm on metric. You're shifting to metric? I'm I'm exclusively metric now. I only do Kelvin. <laughs> Sometimes I do Kelvin just to flex on people. <laughs> like, I can subtract 273 from anything. <laughs> Give me a number. A I'll subtract flex. 273 from it. It's distressing that I'm wondering whether this actually happens or not. 
hundred percent it happened. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> with most people, I'd be like, he's that's just funny. Like it's it'd, yeah. be fun, it'd be a funny thing to do. And then I'm considering the source and I'm like, that definitely occurs. It's Not. a, I mean, I still do it as a funny thing. I don't want to sound like too much of a jerk. I literally am just like, or too, and then. Yeah. If you weren't being funny, it'd be like, you'd be in with the St. Martin's crowd. Yeah. I would definitely be at the St. Martin's crowd. Yeah. I wasn't mm -hmm. being funny. Right. <clears throat> you know, who doesn't appreciate my jokes? <laughs> St. <Saint> Martin's crowd. <laughs> yeah. There's been, there's been sort of a, an undercurrent to this podcast of just shitting on Sam's family. They're never going to listen. No. <laughs> Until I send it to him. My dad, my dad still like every week calls me, you know, my parents do, for those of you listening, uh, my parents do their own podcast called Foodie and the Beast. And every single week, my dad calls me, goes, you got a shout out on the show this week. And I go, I'm a, like a real respected professional in my field, Dad. You don't have to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've been on I've been on their show before, though. It's really a fun time. Like they like they do it upright. I mean, it might be different from when I was on, which was a couple of years ago. But like they have like multiple guests, all kinds of like representation for you know different parts of the industry, and like there's always some food, there's always some drink. Like it's a party. It is a party. They get in trouble every single week for not cleaning up enough. Oh. <laughs> not every single week. That's rude. But uh, people, but what is it? It's Foodie and the Beast. Foodie and shout the Beast. And then you can call your out. dad and say we shout it out. You got a shout out on the podcast today, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, SJ, I haven't been on Foodie and the Beast, but I've met all of the sons of the Nellis family. So how about that? Yeah, I haven't met all the sons of the Nellis family, so it's fair. Uh, well, there's one you won't meet. Grant only met him in the army. <laughs> Grant, Grant met my brother Max while they were both serving. Before I met Sam, mm -hmm. and accidentally found out that they were brothers. He was like, "Wait a minute, your last name is Nellis." I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant did a. a um, okay. Pepper sprayed with Max and yeah, training. Yeah, I, I pepper sprayed for for TV. And I've had a lot of this bottle despite being sick. <laughs> Watch you like get cured by by Ocelot. <laughs> it's honestly pretty good. <laughs> sounded good. Yeah, no, it sounded delightful. The prospect of actively drinking does not sound appealing after a three day festival. I, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pass. You were at a three-day festival, Carl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a big in Holland. In Holland, yes. Uh, in the Hague, they they do this big old whiskey festival, and they it's, they do it right in Europe, as with most things. It's in it's in actually like the cathedral of the Hague, and they just turn it into a whiskey festival. It was wild. That's cool. Yeah, it's it very cool. It's good stuff. And you were selling some whiskey? Yep. At least in theory. That's the worst part of festivals, though, is that like the tangible results, you don't really know, right? That's the ambassadorial. You, like, huh? you kind of like have to do it, though. I mean, I think I think it, it, it is agreed that they, you know, they have a positive impact or else they wouldn't continue existing, right? Yeah, but it's kind um, of like a loss leader. You're like spending a bunch of money just to get in front of people, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but it's fun. It's good. But do yeah, people, no, I've never been to a a whiskey festival. Do people get real turned up? You could say, yeah, like yeah. more than a beer festival. You think? Well, they don't uh, have pretzel necklaces to keep them grounded, right? Uh, fewer, but I have seen them. Would oh. that really work? No. <laughs> It just slows the rate of absorption. Well, yeah. it means they're... They're like activated charcoal packets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it probably works insofar as they're like putting a pretzel into their mouth instead of more whiskey. Um, like that's is, prob probably it. Is there more, not to sound gross, but is there more spitting? Why? What? Well, you know, like so you don't want to get too drunk. So you, oh, when you're at a wine, when you're at a wine festival, everyone's just spitting up, spitting, spitting, spitting. 
spitting. Yeah, and some people have got some really fancy spits. They'd be like, you know, and it like shoots like a little fountain. Well, that's why wine is sort of the St. Martin's crowd, right? <laughs> yeah. I hated that. <laughs> you hated I, what? I think you make the mouth of it like they <laughs> real fancy spit. <laughs> I do. I do. It's true. I, I'm I'm really impressed that you committed to the gesticulation for fancy spit. You know, like that was you somehow created a, a maneuver that is associated with fancy spit. Mm. Really and good. Sam hated it, so that was great. Yeah, yeah. choked so to death. <laughs> you've you've achieved your goal for the day. Hold on, Sam. I'll go. I'll go grab some stone fruit to eat in front of the camera. Okay. Mm, nice. <laughs> Uh, listener Sam also hates the way I eat stone fruit. So it's go. so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. You're a disgusting peach eater. I just don't. I hate the feeling of the juice. You don't lose any no. of it. You don't <laughs> lose any of it. it. Just goes. There's just a little. I just like make sure that there's no juice. Oh man, this has gone downhill. <laughs> I really, I'd say, I'd say it's really reached its zenith. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. This is an exciting development. <laughs> oh my god. Um. In a, all right. In a, in a four by four office with someone just like <laughs> slurping on a peach. Mmm, <laughs> peach. I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. We we were we made it work with our tiny closet office. So the true meaning of you know, friendship. The true meaning of friendship. All right, we are out of time. So this has been probably my favorite episode of a very friendsgiving on Beer Me Radio. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you have any questions, comments, concerns, like, subscribe, give all the stars, reach out at Beer Me Radio on Instagram. We're available wherever you get podcasts, but we are part of the All About Beer family. Please check it out. There are some amazing uh, podcasts. There's a lot of cool information. So we will catch you next time. Cheers.